Hi, you're listening to Through the Pages. In this podcast, we read books that are considered classics to figure out if they're worth your while. And to discover why they're amongst the classics. We're your hosts. I'm Fanny. And I'm Mandy. Grab yourself a cup of tea and listen to our bookish rambles. Welcome back. Welcome to an episode that I think was quite highly requested. Definitely. Also by us. (laughs) Yes. I mean, all by you I have to say yeah because you were like we need to read this book we need to read this book and we finally have we're here to discuss it to chat about it do you want to introduce yes what we're going (laughs) to ramble about today we're going to ramble about The Secret History by Donna Tartt I think a book that can now definitely be described as an American classic and also as a modern classic I think for sure I mean it was published in 1992 Mm -hmm. but I think has since gain so much like approval and so yes. much like weight in the literary world mm-hmm. i think first when it was published and then also by the rise of book talk yes which definitely gave the book a sort of second coming situation definitely i mean i don't think i had seen it anywhere in like bookstores or like that prominently mm. As I have in the like past maybe year or one and a half years after the whole rise of dark academia and you know that whole aesthetic, which <laughs> spoiler is something we're going to be talking about. Yeah, so if you're into dark academia and you love to read books that are set in a college environment, this is an episode for you. Yes, um, I would even say that this is probably the mother book of all dark academia. Definitely books. Yes. Definitely the ones that are being published now or like I want to say in the last five-ish years. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, grab yourself something to drink. We've got our iced dirty chais here. Yes. And let's dive into the book. So I think we both have, um, we, we've both read the book in like on different occasions uh, and in a different context. I think I read it for the first time in... I think it was 2014 and why I remember it so vividly apart from the fact that it like it is one of my favorite just like as a, <laughs> as, a disclaimer. A, as a disclaimer it is one of my favorite books of all time um one of the reasons why it had such a profound impact on me I think also was because I had started university in 2014 and I read it in the first semester of university that would be like the autumn semester and obviously this whole book is very much like the whole dark academia autumn vibes like everything and uh, so I think going to like a very old university building and being there for the first time in a new city as well and then I read this too it was very it just hit home mm-hmm. not like not necessarily in the content I, <laughs> I was just gonna say did you have the same experience as the characters in this book I would hope not like ritualistic <laughs> weird things in the woods that maybe fortunately unfortunately not um but it was yeah it just had a very strong impact and I think it was one of the first books where I was very much drawn in by the fact that everyone was kind of terrible thing like the whole morally gray characters Mm. was one of the first ones I read and enjoyed as much as this one that is super interesting I love the perfect timing of you starting uni yes and then reading this like simultaneously it was, yeah. would have you would have been like yeah I, I see this is a guide to how to uni <laughs> exactly also can I just say I 100% bought it because of what the cover looked like we both have if you're wondering the dark black cover mm-hmm. with the very heavy like intense font yes um a little like gold sigil in the middle 
it's I think it is still to date one of my favorite book covers I think this is what I would like <laughs> like if I ever wrote a book this would be something I would love to like see my own name on because it's so simple as well it's very yeah. much like you have to read it to figure out what's in it. Like, yes. this is not giving anything away. No, no, nothing, nothing at all. And then I also think because it was also written by a woman, that was then something that I obviously like connected to a lot more as well. Because up to then, still also in like high school with, uh, with like English literature class and everything, I read definitely a lot more men than women. And then this was kind of like a... A fresh approach. Yes. I think yes. that is very true of mm -hmm. all high school school yeah. settings that you just like read men, like yeah. male authors in the canon. Um, and so, yeah, this is definitely a breath of fresh air. Also because Donna Tartt, I think, was very young when she published it. Yeah. And I remember you saying that she worked on it for a good 10 years. Yes. Which is dedication. It's crazy. I think she was under, th I think either 28 or 29 when it came, like when it was actually yeah. published, which is wild and then I don't know if you've seen any of the interviews with her I in have. that time I mean also her iconic like haircut and everything and then the way that she speaks with like the southern accent that for some reason you don't expect maybe because this was set more in like New England so mm -hmm. you expect kind of her to be I don't know from there as well mm -hmm. and then she kind of starts talking and it's like music to my ears <laughs> so good <laughs> so that much to the context of the book so you read it as sort of you reread it now as yeah. one of your favorite yes I actually listened books. to it on the audiobook that yep. she reads which was also even better a whole other experience because uh she kind of obviously read it the way she meant to write it yeah so like emphasizing different things in the sentences or the chapters. So that was also a very nice experience. Oh, that's to, super fun. Like gives it, it a new like added layer yes. of like meaning, I feel like. I came to this, I mean, was obviously highly aware of the book. You've been <laughs> talking <laughs> my ear off about it since 2014. <laughs> and for some reason, like I'd never read it. And I think again, with the whole book talk, like very much highlighting this, I was like, ah. Oh, it's a hype <laughs> you know I'm the worst yes. but no, I was but just I, like I get it to be honest because also like book talk I mean that is a whole other conversation I think I maybe have read like one or two books that I was recommended Same. on book talk that I actually enjoyed definitely but I knew this was a different thing because it was sort of rediscovered I don't think mm. it needed rediscovering because it's been sort of an omnipresent modern classic but fun that it was rediscovered by your younger generation yes sure. very much um and so we decided to read it for this podcast and I was like, let's, let's do it. It was a long time coming. And yeah, so this was my first time. You've been reading it for like a good <laughs> 20 years, it feels like. No, when was 2014? Ten, like ten almost years. 10 years. 10 years. Still, yeah. I, I can do calculations, yeah. just not on this podcast. Um, and I read it now. Yeah. Um, and it was like, it took me a long time to read it, mm -hmm. I have to say, because it's very dense. I think we can then later on talk about the writing style as well, which mm -hmm. like already disclaimer is beautiful. Mm -hmm. One of the most beautifully written and composed books mm -hmm. I've ever read for sure. Um, but it, it took me a long time because also sometimes I had to put it away mm -hmm. to just sort of let stuff sink in. And to also think about the morally gray characters yes, where it was just, yes. just a bit like, it was a bit too much sometimes, but like all in all, a very like, very fun reading experience. Mm -hmm. um, shall we get into 
yeah the contents i think also it is one of the books with maybe for me the most kind of intriguing first line ever Mm -hmm. because it's uh like the first line of the prologue is a massive spoiler yeah so it's it's basically can should i read the first line just read it this is is the first let's not paraphrase on a tart (laughs) that would be a bad look The snow in the mountains was melting and Bunny had been dead for several weeks before we came to understand the gravity of our situation. So I think this kind of like draws you in in a very special way Mm -hmm. instantly um, because then you also get to know Bunny very quickly in the story and you just kind of keep having that in the back of your mind like, oh, this person's gonna die, but what are the circumstances? Exactly, and what is the group's or the, the other character's involvement in said yes. death? Um, I think in general, like, Donatard does a great job at, like, foreshadowing stuff mm-hmm. and, like, hit, like, sort of taking the reader along on a journey. Yes. Um, and I think what stood out most to me in this book, because it is very plot-driven, there's a lot of stuff happening mm-hmm. in the, what is it, like, over 400, oh, almost 600 pages, actually. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of stuff happening like the story really moves forward but like what stood out most to me is definitely the characters and the group dynamics Mm -hmm. because the the story centers on a group of friends that uh, go to college together Mm -hmm. um and they really like their dynamics and how it shifts and the difficulties and like all the implications of what they do what Mm -hmm. they think how they act is definitely what like (laughs) <laughs> triggered me <laughs> yes and like yes. definitely was very much on my mind mm-hmm. as I was reading yeah so I think it's a super nice connection of how like plot and character is connected very much so yeah it wasn't just the character study but it also wasn't just like a plot without deep characters it was a, a very perfect balance in that and you you kind of enter into the story from the point of view of our main character I would say mm-hmm. that is Richard Papen and he is from California, very much more of a like lower income family that wants to go study in Vermont at Hampton College. And he gets there and everything is kind of yeah explained through like his eyes and everything. And he meets this group of like he actually enrolled to study like uh, multiple things like ling- I think English literature, mm-hmm. linguistics and uh, a bunch of stuff. And then he kind of meets this group of very, of like a very exclusive group of this strange kind of elite feeling group that all study under one professor who's called Julian. His last name escapes me. Was it ever mentioned? It's I can't like remember. Professor Julian. <laughs> professor Julian, um, who only like deals with the uh, kind of like dead languages like ancient Greek, ancient mm-hmm. Latin, and they study only that like nothing else yeah and then he kind of gets roped into doing exactly the same so he drops all of his other courses he drops everything that would be kind of quote-unquote useful um in terms of going to university what he told his parents he was going to university for and he kind of dives headfirst into this elite group of old greek students with professor julian yeah, he's yeah. like, oh, should I get like an education for a couple of years with which I can actually do something? Or should I just study the classics yes. in a highly elitist group of yeah. like, I don't know, where we're like six people. And he's like, yep, yes, <laughs> going to do the latter. <laughs> that one. Yes. That one. Um, I think it's a super interesting thing how like, as you said, like the 
that his background as well where he's from like i think as a character he really struggles with his own background mm-hmm. and the fact that he is not one of those uh, kids at college that like go skiing in aspen for the for the winter and yeah. then summer in i don't know the french riviera or something like that yes and i think he really is very much pretending to mm-hmm. fit in or like changing his own not appearance but like how he behaves to to fit in which originally made me very much like understand him very much I feel like in the beginning I connected to him as a character Mm -hmm. because I was like okay you are like not behaving in a way that you should be and maybe like oh like think over what you're really doing but in the beginning his sort of first like development as a character I could really understand because mm-hmm. I feel like he it was sort of a survival at uni and he was like, oh, I really want to be part of this like exclusive, exclusive group. Yes. And he was definitely, I think, blinded by mm-hmm. the group and the appearance, probably because there was this kind of perceived difference in wealth and in intelligence as well. Definitely. Because they kind of as a group, they would talk in like ancient Greek together or like throw around random Latin phrases. And I think he was very much like impressed by that. Mm-hmm very like knowledgeable group of young people um so i think yeah he Mm. kind of just desperately wanted to fit in which again also me i understood that like you kind of think oh my god this is clearly like a a group that is better than me so Mm -hmm. i want to be a part of them and then when they did kind of invite him in he was like oh now i'm all in (laughs) i'm all in and i will be like your servant till the end of time and that's when then my empathy for richard payton started (laughs) disappearing and for anyone else in this entire story yeah but yeah in general i feel like this is very much a story of appearance and like seeming and like appearing in a different way than you actually Mm -hmm. are i feel like because like considering the first line of the story i really struggled like putting a genre to to the book mm, not that mm-hmm. you have to because mm-hmm. i think that's one of its strengths that it can't be categorized super well or like that it sort of is a mix of stuff but i feel like it's definitely a crime story yeah but at the same time very strongly like coming of age story in a not a hi i'm developing as a character and like i'm starting as a like on a lower point and i'm making like i have like a character arc where i end on a higher note but like quite the opposite yes. like the the arc is slanted mm-hmm. to the downward <laughs> slide um yes. so yeah i think he starts off as a okay guy where you're like i really really understand you mm-hmm. as a reader and then as soon as he starts becoming part of that exclusive group yes um under julian under yeah. julian's guide um he sort of rapidly deteriorates mm-hmm. and yeah the whole thing of like oh, we're intelligent, we're educated, very much like the idea that you excluded the people that are not on the same level of intelligence, I'd Mm -hmm. say. But then you very quickly realize, like, peering behind that facade, that under the surface, like, it looks very, very differently than than how they present themselves. And I think that is the whole, like, character study Mm -hmm. that I found super interesting in the book. Yeah, so we uh, like we've been talking about the group for like <laughs> fifteen minutes. So let's, who are they? Who are they? So I think we need to mention Henry first. Yes, Henry is the leader of the group. He is, I want to say, like Julian's right hand sometimes. Mm-hmm. So he very much has a connection to the professor and is sort of the alpha male. Yes, 
yes. of the group. He is very much looked at definitely by Richard, but also all of the other ones as like the most intelligent of them all. Mm-hmm. And just very like a gifted scholar. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. And he very much like kind of profiles himself on that as well. Mm-hmm. Like he knows he's intelligent. He kind of, uh, he wants to put that to show constantly. Um and he he's also I can't remember now exactly when in the book, but you realize that he is plagued by kind of some sort of like illness or weakness and migraine spells and everything. So that is that the, I can relate to. I mean that that was the most relate like the whole like migraine yeah. kind of uh, episode uh, scenes. That was the most relatable thing about this and book. Also the only one. Yeah, because yeah. I, I hated Henry from the get go. But I was yes. like, oh, you're plagued by migraines. Yes, that I understand. <laughs> and and he. He was he was extremely cold towards Richard at the beginning because he was kind of with more of this yeah with this idea of like oh who's this peasant that wants to be a part of our group and like oh you need to show us that you are allowed to belong in this group yeah whereas the other ones were a lot more open a lot mm-hmm. more quickly um so I think kind of Richard from the beginning very much tried to gain Henry's approval and then also in like one specific instance managed to translate something that they had been like working on for quite some time mm-hmm. and then Henry at the beginning took it like quite badly because mm-hmm. he was beaten by the peasant yeah and then but then afterwards you could see this shift that now kind of Henry had started respecting Richard as a scholar so to speak and yeah yeah so you can see it's like nothing's done over like a personal level or like a hey I think you're a nice person but it's like oh I can see that your level of intelligence and education might be similar to mine so I guess I shall welcome you yeah you're like you're worth my time you're worth my time now and that (laughs) is the I mean so (laughs) so triggering (laughs) when I say that reading this with the group dynamics and the whole like exclusion and like Richard's omnipresent like trying to make it right f- mm-hmm. for the group and like fitting in yeah like at any cost yes triggered me yes to no end <laughs> I was just like Richard like just just have a good time at college yeah. like yeah like just... go go to these parties yeah. like have your little girlfriends like do whatever you need to do but do not like seek the approval of, of like a bunch of Sorry, shitheads. <laughs> yes, yes. And also I think with uh, with Henry, it was very much one of these instances. I think one of the scenes reminded me a lot of Sherlock, where you like realised that Henry had like very like poor knowledge of like general knowledge. Yeah. But he was like super specific in mm-hmm. certain things. Like he would I don't know, he didn't know like the most basic of information, but then he would, I don't know, like know about all of these Greek texts. So it was also this very like selective intelligence of, Mm. oh, if you can read Greek, then you're great. But then you don't even know, like, I don't know on which side of the earth the sun rises or something. Exactly. That kind of of vibe. So I think, uh, yeah, he was just very, he was the worst from the beginning. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) End of story. Yeah, I think the thing with the intelligence that like, they have a very, like, that group has a very particular idea of what intelligence means, but sort of disregarding anything that, like, emotional intelligence and, like, yeah, yeah. general knowledge, whether it is, like, our level and our kind of intelligence is the one and only mm-hmm. end of story. Yes. And that, again, is very, very problematic. Yeah. I find. Let's move on to the other ones. Yes. We've got Charles and Camilla. Yeah. Who are a set of twins. Yes. Also, I think just as a little spoiler disclaimer, we will be discussing like certain plot points that happen later in the book. Yes. 
So uh, I think it's it's difficult to spoil the book because you like there is technically like no there there are like no plot like that I wouldn't consider like plot twists in terms of like oh my god I don't know like uh, it's I don't know I find it quite difficult but there are definitely like shock value yeah. points that we will spoil we yeah i feel like the, the fact that you know that bunny is going to die from the very first line as yes, you read yes um, i think there was one other incident that definitely yeah. sho- shook me as a reader yes. because i knew that something was sort of like bubbling under the mm-hmm. surface and the whole backstory as to bunny and his place and part and mm-hmm. yeah dynamic in the group like that definitely when all of that comes out i was definitely shook yeah yeah but i think we're going to spoil that as well yes. because so like if you want to read the secret history stop now go read it come back to exactly this point yes um giles and camilla i find like i was very much like unbothered by in the mm-hmm. beginning they're very much just like i feel like at the beginning their only identifier is is that they're twins yes um, they were much like going with the flow, fitting nicely into the group, but having very little sort of, I don't know, very little like characteristics by mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah. Um, until also, later where... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where shit goes down. Um, but I, yeah, I also, I do remember Charles the least mm-hmm. well of all of them. For me, he's kind of like, also if I had to put a face on him, I kind of only see like a very blank canvas whereas Camilla I always I kind of always felt that there was something going on because she was too bland and like too nice and like goody two shoes to be to just to to be in that group I was like something is up with you because you wouldn't yeah be here if it wasn't she definitely has like I felt like she had a sort of like ethereal quality to herself where she was a bit like standing above everything Mm -hmm. um where I felt like she was very much like a bit naive as well where I thought like oh she maybe she's in that group because she doesn't really understand Mm -hmm. what is happening or like she's just sort of like going along with it because she also is not very bothered yeah yeah like very like morally gray not in the sense that like Henry is because he is just really like an unlikable character I would say but like more in a oh I'm going along with stuff because I don't really have like big like opinions like on my own yeah um yeah bland describes it quite well and richard is quite like infatuated by her from the Mm get-go he's very i think because she's also pretty might have also been like the first i don't know girl that he's talked to up close she's the only girl in the group so he's like let me yes but then he, he kind of does have this um this like insecurity about oh but she's like my friend's sister and other dynamics that weren't quite clear if she was maybe also being like a bit intimate with somebody else so he he, Richard kind of stepped back from it but Mm -hmm. every time that he did interact with her seen as the book is written in his first person view you kind of always have this like thing that you know oh okay he's quite quite into her yeah yeah um then we've got Francis yes who is from an extremely a rich family. Mm-hmm. I mean, they all are. Yeah. We. I mean, we, we already hinted yeah. at that. Like, I think they're all quite well off. Mm-hmm. Like, Francis is very much... Like, I think Francis is, like, actually, actually. well off. <laughs> That's like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's rich. Yes. Um. The other ones are, like, on... Are, like, in a very grey zone of, like, are they rich or are they just, like, living the rich life? Yeah. With, like, with what means, question mark. Mm-hmm. Whereas Francis 
it's I think we, he was also the most transparent about his kind of background mm-hmm. and wealth from the beginning, which I also think kind of indicated then, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, that he yeah. was actually rich and quite uh, honest about it, yeah. whereas the other ones weren't. And he also was, from the beginning, quite nice to, to yeah. Richard as well. He was the one that I felt like was the most, like, welcoming Richard into the group with open, mm-hmm. like, in huge quotes, yeah. <laughs> um, arms, because he just seemed, like, very much, like, unbothered by by Richard's presence in their group and was just a bit, yeah. Yeah. You, 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 can, you can join if you want to. Yes. Um, so in that regard, the, the most likable one. Yeah, of, I also, for me, he was the most likable one. Also, like, throughout, mm-hmm. I minded him the least, the least, I would say. He was sort of flying under the radar. Yeah. Um, as a character, I felt. I yes. think Henry is a very dominant character. Yes. Um, definitely, like, Charles and Francis, like sort of, for me, flew under the radar, definitely with important points mm-hmm. in the story. But, like, as a fleshed-out characters, I could grasp them a bit less, or I mm-hmm. could imagine them a bit less well, because Henry took such a big yeah. part. Yeah. Also for Richard, because he definitely... Like, Richard definitely was always, like, trying to win over Henry. Mm-hmm. So also, as a reader, you're very much, like, focused on Henry, and, like, oh, is yeah. he going to be... Like, what's he going to do next? Yes. Is, is he going to be approving of, of Richard or not? So mm-hmm. that took a lot of, like, headspace, yeah, I felt yeah. like. And also towards the end, I think Richard kind of confided in Francis the most. So Francis felt to me more like a, kind of like a key character to Henry and to kind of like the whole dynamic. He mm-hmm. wasn't, he felt more like an enabling character than like an own, I don't know, like actionable dominant character. Yeah. Because he kind of was always there in important points and would lead Richard to maybe take certain steps or not take certain steps or like give him some information or not so he was very much like a I don't know what that type of character would be called in like in a book in general but very much like a like he to to me he was very much like a supporting character yeah yeah that's a good yeah that's a good word like definitely important in his own right but more like yeah like supporting Mm -hmm. the plot to to be like to drive forward the plot yes yeah and then we have Bunny. The, I love the, the, that we left him for last. <laughs> I mean, I like it's very sad that he died immediately. Basically, I mean, he didn't die immediately, but like that you know about his death immediately. Mm-hmm. But he is the most irritating character I have read. I think in my entire life. Yes, <laughs> I I I can sign that yeah. with all my heart. I loved reading him though. Yeah. As a yeah. character. I mean, Donatard created a character that you dislike so much. So much. Like, he, I pictured him as a sort of like, he is, I, I don't even know what, which like adjectives I want to describe him. He is extremely entitled, mm-hmm. like they all are, but Bunny is sort of like, like, dancing to his entitlement he's like oh yeah let me rock it to the last minute um he um is very racist at times as well homophobic homophobic Mm -hmm. and he says so out loud yeah and then he he's like one of these people that is like we'll say like the most 
homophobic or racist thing and then be like oh but I'm like I'm the one that like speaks my mind like I say what everybody is thinking like and that type of person and I just I couldn't like I mean not to say that anyone deserves death but at some point I was like oh I get why they like offed you (laughs) like I shall shove you off this cliff yes with my own bare hands um yeah he's just like in any dynamic I, like he his character I loved reading him because he was so well composed mm-hmm. um and you really start to dislike him more and more like page by page mm-hmm. um but yeah he he was extremely fun to read because he would just make any scene extremely uncomfortable yeah like I felt like <laughs> yeah. very much like I was like I don't know what's going to be happening next like he does stuff like oh uh, let's go to a restaurant and I'll invite you. It's on me. And then he's like, oh, I'm so sorry, mate. I forgot my wallet. Can yeah. you, do, do you mind if you pay those $200? Like after you've eaten, after you've done everything and you just, like he put, he put everyone in the most awkward of situations. Yeah. And, and I think Richard had this kind of very, like at the beginning, Richard had, I, I feel like a lot more of a kind of connection to him because Bunny was the one that was the nicest to him from mm-hmm. the get go. He was very welcoming. He kind of joked with him. He acknowledged him on campus before he was yeah. in like the exclusive group at the end and stuff. So I think Richard kind of had a soft spot for him because Bunny in a way was the entry point into mm-hmm. the group for him. But then his behavior just became so insufferable. Insufferable is the best <laughs> word like, for it. Yeah. Oh, he was so, he was the worst. And I think then Richard kind of felt that on his own skin, like with the scene where they were at the restaurant and then mm-hmm. Richard, who already kind of didn't have that much money, mm-hmm. then needed to pay for everything and stuff. And I think Bunny also was extremely like sneaky in the way that he wanted to kind of coax out the reality behind a person because mm-hmm. Bunny knew that Richard wasn't wealthy yeah. so he kind of wanted to like test his limit yeah and he did that with all of the characters mm-hmm. and it was like as you said it's so fun to read yeah but it was so annoying yeah he yeah. was definitely putting everyone like at an unease like yes. he very like the whole like th- sort of like let me like bring out like your deepest darkest secrets mm-hmm. but like they're not really safe with me exactly like, I might use them in a situation that is beneficial yes. to me like I really like in my head I really imagine him looking like a little piglet yeah also because he he was described with like a nasal voice also yeah. Donna Tart in the audiobook like read him oh like, my with god a, with, with a very nasally vo- voice so when you listen to it you hate him even more because every time like it's he has some lines you're like I just you're like go away shut up bunny (laughs) like leave now so if it wasn't made clear yet like bunny dies (laughs) and the group kill him yes as a very joint effort was maybe the most like group work that they had ever done and basically based mainly on the fact that he was like just starting to be more annoying and like being more like um he would what's the word like he was low-key blackmailing yeah all of them yeah because he did know like because what i found interesting is maybe also the the one like incident that then led to the whole like blackmailing is also again (laughs) spoilers huge spoiler yeah um but bunny is really that character that is like 
soaking up all of the like the secrets Mm -hmm. and is then sort of playing them out yes where you never really know is he a friend or is he a fiend yeah type situation and that is what I thought was so weird because they're very much like oh we're a group we're exclusive like we're only like six people but then you realize that like there's a lot of like secrets like Mm -hmm. sort of like just like hanging around that like some people know of each other and others don't yeah um but yeah, shall we go into yes. basically the, the trigger that happened way before the story started, mm-hmm. but that is sort of the baseline yeah, for, for everything, everything that happened yes. in the book. Also because I think one one of the things also with Bunny is that because he was, because obviously the whole group kind of realized that secrets weren't safe with him and that he would kind of blabber out secrets like at the worst time, he would also be like drunk and, you know, like talk with everyone to everyone about everything and stuff. I mean, the whole alcohol consumption was this book also wild. I should have read it with like like a whiskey in my hand. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been like the perfect setting. So I think the the group kind of started to exclude Bunny, like more from their activities because he was also kind of very he he behaved in like a a not very like classy way the way the other group thought that they were behaving Mm -hmm. because he was loud he was rude he would like drop comments he would swear he would use like very inappropriate words very vulgar as well yes that's the word and so they kind of especially for henry that was something that like i think he like had always less tolerance for Mm -hmm. and so they started excluding uh bunny from more and more things that they would do as the group and one of the things that they wanted or like basically on henry's request they wanted to try was like a ritualistic drug taking in like the way dionysus would have done back in the greek times and you're like you're so like why but okay and in that whole incident they kill a farmer and Bunny wasn't there mm-hmm. at the at the time, but throughout the story, kind of Bunny starts putting two and two together, and realizes that and he, and Bunny was mostly offended at the fact that they didn't invite him, yeah, not that I his think... friends were murderers. Which also, again, like the whole kind of morally grades, not oh my god, what you killed someone? It's like oh my god, you didn't invite me. <laughs> like, I would have liked taking part in the killing. Yeah, like that. That I think was then kind of the worst about mm-hmm. the whole thing. And um, and Richard also uh, kind of gains this knowledge of this murder and stuff and so they also kind of start pitting Richard in a way against Bunny because Richard then doesn't kind of know anymore where his loyalty lies because he knows if Bunny should ever find out then Henry is going to be because I think Henry was the one that actually killed him I think it's it's a bit of a like blur because they were all like on drugs drunk in like white like Robes. robes in the forest and everything and um And I think one of the most shocking things about this whole thing was that Professor Julian was very much aware of Mm -hmm. what was happening. And I think that was something that I kind of expected, but then also was a bit more shocked about when it was like, when it became clear that, oh, Julian was aware that like his students killed someone, that he probably also maybe pushed them towards, oh, go have this ritualistic experience, so it shall be grand. (laughs) It's going to be cleansing and cathartic. Yeah. So, uh, and, and then he kind of helped Henry also cover up the whole thing because then, I don't know, the newspapers like found the guy, but then it was like, oh no, he just got like, I don't know, ripped apart by wild by, animals. Yeah. Which and then I, you also yeah. think like, 
what did they do with the guy like very 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 awful so i have to say this at that point in the story was like almost a climax for me Mm -hmm. because i was like what even happened and it really because even though you read about this group and you're like i secretly hate all of them Mm -hmm. and they're a pretentious group of low-key losers that think that they're so great and intelligent yes that was definitely my stance of while i was Mm -hmm. reading and I was like, oh no, they're actually way worse. Yeah. And like when Henry tells Richard about this whole experience that they had with the ritual and how they basically, yeah, got drunk and drugged up in the forest and then tells it very much as a fever dream mm-hmm. sequence because you can tell that they never really knew what was happening when. It might have lasted one day, it might have lasted two days, who knows. And that they accidentally killed mm-hmm. a farmer whose, whose land they were on basically. And you're like, oh, okay, I get it. It was an accident. But when you then go back and you also read the newspaper articles, as you said, like it was like, oh yeah, this, the body was found and it was like shredded to bits Mm -hmm. by an animal. I was like, I think everyone is lying if that wasn't clear already. (laughs) Yeah. And that really gave me a lot of unease because I was like, I think they did stuff that was way worse because they're like, oh, we're all covered in blood. So I think you realize that it was not that much of an accident or mm-hmm. maybe it started out as one, but yeah. then they took the opportunity and really let out all of their innermost frustration mm-hmm. and bottled up mm-hmm. emotions because they are so very much like head people they very much define themselves over what they think, what they say, like who they are in their brain. Yes, yes. That I felt like they were extremely, all of them like stuck up and like really not in touch with themselves. Mm-hmm. That I felt, like, I felt like that was the moment when they were so loosened up and they were so much finally in their own body mm-hmm. that like all of that like rage and like everything came out and I think then later on you also realize like why they might have had like a lot of like rage and frustration in their life yeah because after Bunny's death which they do as a joint (laughs) venture because they're probably they're basically like oh Bunny has found out basically because then Bunny at some point like shows up at Richard's place or like Richard's dorm room or whatever and is like completely drunk and then he's like oh my god I found out like they basically killed someone like that farmer that we read about ages ago and Bunny doesn't know at that point that Richard knows Knows. already so then Richard is like hey guys Bunny knows and they just know that like you can't trust Bunny with anything like he had started dropping comments left and right and center about oh but weren't you there at that field when that dude died like all of these kinds of things so they were like yeah we need to off Bunny (laughs) which is also like again a very like <laughs> they they have very like much like a black and white thinking yeah. where they're like it's all or nothing. Yes, like problem solving skills zero. Zero, but it's the whole thing with like oh I can translate like old Greek texts, but anything that relates to my real life mm-hmm. and my place in the world, I have no freaking clue about. Yes. And then Henry first, like, he wants to poison Bunny with, like, some weird-ass mushrooms. And then they all also have, like, planned to to flee to Argentina. They got, like, tickets. And then Richard found out about those tickets, which is why Richard found out about the whole murder in the first place. Because he was like, what are you going to... are you fleeing to? Yeah, to, like, like, Argentina Argentina and everything. And so they kind of tried a bunch of different, like, Mm -hmm. other solutions. All of them very extreme that would either lead to, like living life under the radar forever Mm -hmm. or killing bunny Mm -hmm. and then in the end they decide on killing bunny while he is on his like sunday hike through the woods 
and just like you know push him off a cliff a bit less maybe personal than poisoning yeah making sure that nobody sees them all of that stuff and they obviously succeed and then I think something happens that they didn't anticipate is that it started snowing very heavily mm-hmm. so they they actually didn't like Bunny's body wasn't discovered until way later which I think made everything a bit worse for them mm-hmm. because now they needed to like act to oh but like I don't know where Bunny was and then he they were like lucky to have some weird witness to see him in a car with like a drug dealer and they were also ready to throw everyone under the bus yeah including Richard mm-hmm. so it was like oh what no you saw like Bunny last maybe you did it like it just the worst like the worst yeah like no loyalty no. and integrity whatsoever basically all the stuff that they praised themselves on yes. like early on completely thrown out of the window and that is also like the whole like I mean, I say the word dynamics for the 60th time like, in this podcast, but it's really like di- ni- the dynamics that like shift constantly. Yeah. And that is what gives you so much. Like it really puts you on edge as a reader as well. Cause you're like, I don't, I can't trust anyone. I can't mm-hmm. really relate to anyone. I'm not really on anyone's side. Like you're just always like sort of questioning your own loyalty as a reader as well, which is done like perfectly. Yes. Cause you're sort of going, like you're sort of rooting for them that, like bunny does die but then mm-hmm. you realize how awful they are like they're yeah. all like behaving so it's very much like you're sort of like reeling mm-hmm. as a, like why are you reading and you're like I, I don't even know anymore yeah. i don't even know anymore and then and then i think there was one incident in particular that we were both quite shocked about about uh our lovely charles and camilla <laughs> um yeah because i think the killing of bunny that would have been like a unifying experience in a way Mm -hmm. because they're like oh we've like we came together we solved the problem together actually surprise surprise it's not a positive team event but like (laughs) it is sort of the breaking point for the entire group because Mm -hmm. like yeah as we said loyalties shift everyone is very much on edge and like this is the point where like suddenly like the group start breaking apart mm-hmm. and stuff comes out from under the surface where you're like oh now I realize that all of these bland characters that were just going along with the flow and sort of under Henry's guidance maybe have their own shit sorry yes <laughs> going on yes um so yeah we find out that so basically Charles and Camilla the lovely twins and I feel like I don't know why I didn't see that coming sooner the first time I read it because I was like is it really that strange they basically had an incestuous relationship the whole time and Bunny knew that was also something again about like why you then suddenly start realize why technically it was in everyone's interest so Mm -hmm. to speak to have Bunny out of the picture is because he had walked in on them once and had like seen them have sexual relations And this whole thing kind of like blew up also in front of Richard because Charles was taken into custody and was like gone for the whole night in prison and everything. And then he came back and was like at home and he was again drunk because everyone was like intoxicated in some way at some point all the time. And then while Richard was talking to Camilla in their home, Charles would just like come out of the room. He was like in a robe, but naked underneath, which was also like very disturbing. And then he just like anyone being naked underneath a robe, robe. I'm like, (laughs) Like, put on some like underwear. Like it's not that difficult to put on some boxes, dude. And then he would, he just came in and was like, oh yeah, you know, give your little jailbird brother a kiss. And like, (laughs) <laughs> I, I was like oh let me just yeah. quickly throw up in my mouth um so gross 
And I think also Richard, like, didn't... Like, I feel like Richard's thoughts in that moment mm. very much reflected mine. Yeah. Because he, like, didn't register, like, what the hell have I just witnessed? Yeah. And then he kind of realized that that had been going on for way longer because he was also like, oh, the kiss was, like, way too... Like, I mean, it wasn't, like, brotherly in any way, no. shape, or form, but it was also too, like, familiar for it to have been, like, a one-off, a one-off. strange thing. So it was like, oh, this is something that yeah. had been going on. And then they also, yeah, he found out the bunny kind of knew and mm-hmm. bunny would also always tease them yeah, about drop it. drop hints and... Exactly. Yeah. But then you kind of would just brush it off as like, oh, bunny being bunny. Mm-hmm. But then you also realize the bunny was a lot more kind of like evil inside yeah. because he would kind of tiptoe around the things. And the same with Francis, who was very clearly like closeted and gay and also kind of try to make advances towards Richard Mm -hmm. and there I thought that Richard handled it like decently well he was you know like not rude about it at all and he was very understanding but Bunny would make like especially in front of Francis would use like slurs and everything Mm -hmm. to kind of again coax out like the oh how far can I push this before like you will kill me yeah Yeah, like Bunny was definitely like oh let me just like blackmail and drop hints and mm-hmm. sort of the, yeah like coax out everyone's secret just like to the point of like what's gonna happen yeah He's like how far can i drive it but i feel like bunny didn't realize that like they would kill him no i th- yeah because i think in that he probably <laughs> underestimated yeah. them i guess or like their actual level of insanity yeah or maybe also their friendship because mm-hmm. he, he maybe thought still like, oh, but they're my friends. They're not going to kill me. Whereas yeah. they were like, no, like, how are we going to This friendship get... yeah. has yeah. ended. And yeah, I think the whole thing of like, oh, but we're all friends and we're a group and we're together and we stick together is like very much again in their heads. Mm-hmm. But the way they act is yes. completely, completely different. And um, I think what also comes out is that Francis and Charles sometimes had yes. uh, relations together. But Charles would obviously completely like ignore or mm-hmm. like just sort of like pretend like nothing ever happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you start re- like you sort of I feel like it's like this cute little box and you open it and it's like this cute little group of like people is like oh we're super intelligent and slightly pretentious and like we know so much mm-hmm. and you open the lid and the deepest darkest like yes grossest secrets yes just come out where you realize everyone in this group was sort of like secretly hurting each other mm-hmm. carrying each other's secrets but like under the surface everything was very rotten yeah that was definitely yeah. the feeling that i got yes from the entire story and i feel like we don't need to say how it ends because no. then you have a bit of like a yes because there's still very much that happens. Like, it, it's very much, like, packed until the very end. So much happens. Like, Henry and Bunny go to Rome. It's a whole <laughs> thing. Like, there is so there is so many aspects that lead to that, like... They just pack on mm-hmm. to the issues. And yeah. Richard is an extremely unreliable narrator. You never... Re- because he misses a bunch of mm-hmm. pieces of information. He himself makes up his own mind about situations. He's very two-faced towards Bunny... And the rest of the people. So you kind of are in this middle of things and just stuff keeps happening and happening and yeah. happening. And yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it is extremely packed in terms mm-hmm. of plot and yeah. what happens. Yeah, for me, it was very much like a survival of the fittest situation mm-hmm. where everyone was like, let me pretend to be connected to everyone else, but ultimately, 
like I need to make sure that I come out on top. Yes, yes. That w- that's basic. That that is it. Yeah, that is it. And I think w- what's the character that stuck with you the most? You'd say. I I think definitely Bunny. Mm. It, out of all of them, it's like because in the end, like Henry was was just like a like a rotten yeah. person but he wasn't even like he wasn't even that intelligent he wasn't even that clever he just had a bunch of complexes and needed to like appear in a way yeah because he didn't like he was very he was a very like simple character if you mm-hmm. boiled down everything whereas bunny was a lot more like unhinged and also Ooh, yeah. because we met then we also meet like bunny's family and then you kind of see like the dynamics of the family and i feel like bunny was the most like complex character also mm-hmm. in a way which i thought was in the end very interesting definitely like the most irritating i just hated him so much but definitely still like very he he was the most like where you didn't really know what you were dealing with yeah and i think that means like you gave him way more like the benefit of the doubt as well you were Mm -hmm. like oh yeah he said and did some awful things but like he's still quite nice to richard isn't he yes and then you're like oh no but he knew about xyz and then all of that stuff that he said was directly meant for those people and like hurting them yes so you realize that he was very much like a problematic yeah like entity on two legs very much yes um and someone that stuck with me as well after i finished it because everything's very focused on the group but was definitely julian the professor yes because what is very important as well as a i think uh like a a plot twist in the story is that he does find out that the group killed bunny Mm -hmm. like while he did know about the whole like incident with the ritual and that they had accidentally (laughs) killed that farmer Mm -hmm. and he was sort of covering for them as well like he did find out later on that the group had killed bunny Mm -hmm. as a joint act and an action and he then flees yeah campus yeah Yeah. he just like he's (laughs) He's just just, i'm gone goodbye not gonna teach her anymore yeah and i feel like because he had really been fostering this cult that they had been like that whole group had been living up to that whole like exclusive like intelligence and very much i don't know yeah like pretentious life that Mm -hmm. he was sort of curating for them as well and the fact that he was always like oh i don't take on more than five students i'm making a big exception for for richard um he was very much like a cult leader that Mm -hmm. ultimately like the group was very much trying to please henry and henry was very much trying to please julian he was sort of yes he's the top dog i want to say definitely yeah um and the fact that then he realizes that the group did kill off bunny and he flees completely i was like what is his whole like what's his take on the story Mm -hmm. what's his like his role in the entire action because i feel like he did he flee out of remorse and Mm -hmm. realizing what he had cultivated Mm -hmm. with those young people because ultimately he's the only grown-up in that story yeah like yeah i mean they're all in their early 20s so you could argue that they're like, they're young adults. But the other dude is like, y- you've, like, seen life a bit more intensely. And, yeah, I-, I also wondered if it was just about him kind of, like, maybe also seeing, like, as, an- as his own experiment, how, like, far we can push things. and Or if he actually, like, if he kind of... Um, shares these ideas of like the the whole point of like the like aesthetic and beauty at all cost that is like also a huge like theme throughout the whole book 
Um, and I think Julian was probably like the first that kind of perpetuated that behavior. Yeah. And then he probably just realized, oh, if I don't leave now, they're gonna, like, they'll know that I knew about the farmer, they'll know that I knew about mm. Bunny. And because I'm like an authority figure to them, they'll probably think that I kind of pushed them. Mm-hmm. So I think it was probably just like a cowardice kind of yeah. reason for him to leave because mm-hmm. he knew about the consequences whereas all of the other guys didn't yeah. ever like think as far as oh what would happen if we actually did all that shit very true <laughs> very true also with bunny they're just like oh probably it's going to work out and his yeah. body is going to be found and he, they're probably going to think that like he just fell while hiking they never think through okay what are the like alternative like I don't know, outcomes of this action that we're doing, which again is like a completely like stark contrast between like, oh, we're so clever and intelligent, let me just quickly translate this like old Greek text. And then they're like, oh, but like, again, like basic, like what is my place in the world? What are my actions? How do I relate to other Mm -hmm. people? How do my actions like affect other people? Yeah. Completely like washed away well, yeah also the entitlement of like oh m- m- like my money can't make these problems go away i think is also then something that caught up with them also because by the end they were like all broke mm-hmm. like none of them like you kind of it gradually turns out that none of them actually has anything to show for mm-hmm. and so yeah it was just uh, <laughs> a hot mess <laughs> it's just a show yeah and i think the the coming of age that i mentioned in the beginning is very much like the whole downward spiral instead mm-hmm. of like saying like oh richard starts off somewhere and he like has a whole development where he comes out on top and he's like oh i've learned from my mistakes mm-hmm. he, oh he, he hasn't he i mean in the end he i feel like he does look back on the story and he does realize the mm-hmm. mistakes but like but he does look back a bit too fondly. Yeah, it, it, they've not really <laughs> yeah. changed him yeah. necessarily, I felt like. And like the whole like, yeah, coming of age in the sense of like, yeah, but nothing's really, I'm still like very much in the status quo. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like he has realized what has happened and how his actions did affect everything, mm-hmm. but without trying to seek remorse. Yeah, yeah. For example. Yeah, he does look back on it as like, oh, the good old college days yeah yeah a bit like that yeah the good old times i'm like was it that good he's like oh yeah i mean yeah we knew that like bunny would would die and (laughs) and i mean we did kill him and like yeah you know it's like incest and murder and murder great times (laughs) great times (laughs) but yeah so i think i mean again also the writing style of it is just like i don't know how donatard does it with she writes in such a precise mm-hmm. way where I felt like not a word, not a sentence was too much. Mm-hmm. Like the way she describes situations, people is so like you can grasp it so well. Precise is a very good word. It's yeah. just very much like it's a joy to read mm-hmm. her text yeah. and her voice. Every every word is intentional. Every yeah. Everything is like is supposed to be there. And I think that is maybe something that I haven't really read at least in like modern literature as much that has at least like spoken to me Mm -hmm. in that way yeah no like it's it's like a a masterpiece i would say like even if you take away the story it's the whole like the way it's composed i feel Mm -hmm. like very much like like a composition of text yes is very much like what i felt like when i finished it i was like this is like like very like done in such a good way Mm -hmm. That like it just sits, like it holds together perfectly. Yeah. Yes. 
I mean, I'm expressing myself like <laughs> Donna Tartt would be like, oh my she, god. She's like, yeah, okay, like nice try describing my book. Um, but yeah, but if this didn't convince you, like definitely yeah. read the secret history. Um, I'm surprised that they've not turned it into a film yet. Yes, me too. I think I did. I do think it is because they. I mean, they turned the Goldfinch into a mm. film. the The film was awful, and Donna Tartt has like publicly removed herself from the film because she didn't have anything to do with it. Oh, did they she? Just, yeah, they just sold the rights, and I'm not sure if they like because the Goldfinch had come out a lot more recently, or like, it's like uh, almost ten years ago mm. now. So she she basically publishes a book every 10 years. So everyone's like kind of looking at like the calendar and is like, is, are we going to get another like tart in the yeah. next uh, in the next year? Um, so I, I'm not I can't remember if it was because of kind of the whole like Goldfinch debacle mm. that she she's like clinging on to the rights of this. Yeah. And that she might not ever want to like see it made into a film, which I can understand having seen and read the yeah. Goldfinch um that also I same because th- this is definitely like the baby, like the yeah, yeah, the yeah. one. And but yeah, but who would you who would you cast in like one? Who would you cast one of the characters? Like choose one. Who would you put in that role? It's very difficult. Mm-hmm. So somebody that I had in mind for the longest time for Bunny is Dane the Han. Oh oh yeah and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah. he looks. A bit evil. He's not like good looking, but he's also not ugly. Like it's <laughs> sorry, Dane, if you ever listen to this. Um, and he looks like he has a nasally voice. I actually don't know what his voice sounds like. Um, but he does have that nondescript sort of like I can. I'm quite like easily overlooked, but like yes. I will be the will haunting be of your life. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's like one that that like won't let you be and. Yeah, so I think a young Dane DeHaan, because I think he would probably be too... Yeah, he's 37, so he would be too old now. But uh, yeah, that would be for Bunny, for me. I did think, um, for Camilla, I did think of um, Mia Goth. Oh! Yeah, who I've seen in some other films where she she usually usually does play like quite unhinged characters as well. And she has a super like high-pitched voice oh that is that is a perfect fit like the whole ethereal like i'm a little bit like i'm not really down to earth at all i'm sort of like floating around somewhere yeah um yeah and also she's like 20 29 or something like that the actress but she looks very young yeah so i feel like she would be the perfect like oh i love that yeah i mean i can 100 percent agree if you don't know who these people are go google go google them because you need the face yeah and let us know if you agree we might also put them on like the little instagram slide so people can say you know if they uh, if they (laughs) vote yes or no yes um but yeah so uh, i think that was the Secret History, a very, very intense read. Very glad that you've read it now. <laughs> and... Still reeling from it. Yes. Um, but yeah, definitely go read it yourself. Also, like, we have to note at this point, like, we barely scratched the surface. Yeah. Like, there is so much to this book. So this is not meant to be, like, an all-encompassing, like, thorough read. Because no. there's only so much you can do in one hour. Um, I mean, I think this has been maybe our longest discussion now. But, and we haven't, I would say we've discussed 50% of what happened yeah like not if even that, if that yeah yeah crazy um so go read it let us know what you think you can always get in touch with us uh, on instagram at through the pages pod 
um, love to hear from you and your thoughts because I feel like a lot of people have a lot of thoughts about this. Yes, book, for yes. sure. So uh, yeah, have a have a read and let us know what you think. And hear you next time. Hear you next time. Bye. Take care. Bye.